And so that's where we left off. Gideon um, had had brought this offering to God, um, to this angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord touched it, and it like exploded, and then he was gone. And, and, and so um, Gideon says, I've seen the angel of the Lord. And, and, and he hears God's voice say, Shalom, peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. And so that's what we talked about last week. Now um, is what comes next for Gideon. Now remember, God had already told Gideon, you're going to deliver Israel out of the Midianites. And Gideon pushed back a little bit like you or I would. And he said, look, I'm like the least, my family's the least and I'm the least of my family. How in the world am I going to rescue Israel from the hand of the Midianites? And God says this, he says, I will be with you. That's what he says. I will be with you. And so Gideon brings his offering he zaps it, it explodes, he leaves, and all of a sudden God gives Gideon his first um, kind of set of orders. And it's not to go destroy the Midianites. Let's take a look. Uh, we're in Judges chapter 6, uh, verse 25. Okay, so here's what happens. That same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Now, it's hard for us to aren't really have, you know, um, a bunch of cows and all that kind of stuff, and we don't understand the setting. I just want to let you know how important this bull was. First of all, any livestock at that time was important, even if you weren't being attacked by the Midianites, okay? There was just, that was their livelihood. To be able to have healthy herds of animals was, um, their, li- was their livelihood. But especially at this time where they're carting off a lot of the livestock, to have it is important. But this bull, if you, there's a couple things um, that would have happened. If you had, a, if you had a, a bull that was around for a long time, um, it, it meant one of two things. Either you were using it to reproduce for other uh, cows. See, when a bull and a cow really love each other, uh, okay, well, I'll let you figure it out. But anyway, um, and so, so you'd use it for breeding and you'd use the bull like your most choicest, like greatest bull. That's the one you'd use to kind of keep that line going. So this one seven years was there doing that. It was really an important thing. So I was trying to come up with a way to like really drive this home. And I thought, did you guys see um, Ferris Bueller's day off? Okay, and remember, remember Ferris had his friend and his, 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 uh, his dad had that Ferrari. There was only 100 made. It was like a 61 Ferrari and he, lo- he loved that car. That's like this. It's, it would be like God shows up and he says, for your first assignment, get your dad's Ferrari. It's very, very important. This bull would have been very, very important. Um, uh, and so th- this is what he's doing. He starts talking about this bull. So, so, so already, Gideon, I just want to kind of get into the mindset of Gideon. Because like I said, Gideon's a lot like us and we're a lot like Gideon. And so, so he's just thinking, oh man, what's, what's he want me to do with a Ferrari? Okay, so that's, that's where he starts out. And it gets worse. It's not just grab the Ferrari, grab, grab the bull. He, he, he goes to the next step. And he says this, tear down your father's altar to Baal. And cut down the Asherah pole beside it. In other words, go into your dad's man cave, cut his lazy boy in half, and rip the big screen from the, t- from the t- you know, just go in there, just wreck shop inside his man cave. 
Like this was really, really important. As a matter of fact, as we'll see in the story, this, this altar to Baal was like at the center of, 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 of their community. It wasn't just his dad's altar. It was the community's altar. And so, so this is what he says. He says, take your dad's Ferrari, drive over to his man cave and, 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 and wipe, wipe it out. Um, when we were first married, my wife and I, Elisa, um, we bought a house in Lakewood. Never should have bought the house. We were, it, 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 like, the economy just like tanked right when we bought the house. Like it couldn't have worked out any. I, I wish I had known what I was doing. But, um, but we bought this house, a little house, and, and we ended up making it through that horrible financial time. This is uh, the house here. And so um, we started... Um, breeding. And so uh, we had three kids and the house was uh, the same size, but just felt smaller and smaller. And so you know how it is, you know, your, your family grows and it's just like, we're tripping over each other. You know, forget the fact that in most of the world, like six families would be living in our house, but for us, it was too small. So, so we decided, should we move or should we put an addition on the house? And so we went through this all the time, you know, all, all these kind of things. We finally came up with a plan. We were going to stay in the house and we we're going to build an addition. And the day before the contractors got there, I went outside and I took that picture because I wanted to have a before picture. And I remember being out there, and I started, after I took the picture, I started kind of looking around to think, well, how are they going to do this? Because I'm not a construction guy at all. Um, and, and so I'm just like, how are they going to do that? And this awning uh, was just kind of fascinating me. Like, how, how are they going to dismantle the awning? Because the awning kind of like had... Um, like it, it, it went together and there was like screws that went in the top. So I figured they just, they kind of unscrew each one. But how are they going to, you can't like get on that awning to unscrew those things. And then the, um, uh, the way it's connected to the house, the bolts were all rusted. And so I didn't know how they were going to like un, unconnect. I know they got the like liquid wrench thing. And so, so, so I, I, I approached the, um, the awning with this in mind. You just find where the nuts and the bolts are and you go in and you, you, you kind of get a ladder or whatever. And I actually thought about, well, you know, I'll get started for them, you know, whatever. And then uh, I, I remembered I'm paying them and so I decided not to do that. Um, and so the next day came and the, they all showed up um, at the house. And one guy came out uh, with one of these. And he, walk, he literally walked out my back door, that door right there, and he just went, wham, and hit the awning, and he knocked it off away from my house, and it came crashing down, and he just started beating it. And I was like, oh, that's how you get rid of the awning. <laughs> like, that makes a lot of sense to me. And so literally this picture I took, this next picture, I think they'd been working for about an hour and a half. And that, yeah, exactly, gasp. Um, first of all, look how thick that concrete is. Whoever did that was an idiot. It's like you're not launching a space shuttle off of it. It's like, good night. Anyway, but, okay, uh, a squirrel. Uh, so, um, so that was like an, after about an hour and a half. Then, you see the wall behind there? That had to go. Just a little bit later, they just start beating the heck out of that wall with jackhammers and all this kind of stuff. 
Uh, this is still the same day. Um, they they, they kind of going, you know, and, and here I am, you know, taking, I'm like in my wing tips taking pictures. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> You're doing smashingly well, you know. They, they're just, yeah. So anyway, uh, this thing showed up. Um, and so that first day, uh, that's, that's what my backyard looked like. It was like, I, I came at that, I was thinking this, right? Like, and they were thinking this, okay? So then they started on my basketball court uh, back there. And uh, so that got jacked up. You can see, see this little, it looks like a little fire pit there. That's, that's what happens when you homeschool. Your kids make stuff out of big things of concrete. Um, so not too long. This is just a few days. Uh, that's all gone. Um, everything's gone. And then um, this is my garage that has no roof on it. They, dem- they took the roof off of my garage. It had no roof. Like it was just there. And this is what it looked like. And that's my son running, but but like I I I I I had no room. Here, here's here's the here's the point that if you can just take something home, uh, other than pictures of my my house, uh, there are some things in life that just need a sledgehammer. <laughs> there's so, there are some things that God's going to ask you to do that just need a sledgehammer. You just need to get it out of your life. You need to get rid of it. Stop monkeying around. Stop grabbing. Okay, well, what I'll do is first I'll, you know, in a week I'll, I'll, I'll make this phone call and then I'll say this. And, and, and God's just like, um, excuse me. <laughs> this is how you get rid of that altar in your life. This is what God was asking Gideon to do. He said, take, take your dad's Ferrari and just go, just go and start just beating up that thing. Get, get it out of there. Tear it down. It's interesting to me, because Gideon, we'll see, did it, not, you know, not in that great a way, but he did it. Um, but think of the vision God has for Gideon. You're a mighty warrior. You're, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna take care of the Midianites. You're going you're gonna to be a great uh, man of God, just, just kind of rescuing Israel. But the first thing you have to do is you need to tear down that altar. And if he did not tear down that altar, he could not step into what God had planned for him. And knowing our church family and those visiting, and I just know people and you know people, you've seen people in their life where you're like, man, they have so much potential, but this one thing is holding them back. This one addiction, this one um, kind of twist in personality, this, this, this difference, uh, this one thing holding them back in their relationships, holding them back financially. It's an altar. And, and for Gideon, I mean, you can imagine just the fear of, of, of like tearing down the altar. That, it, was, it, it was kind of sexy to go um, wipe out the Midianites. But this thing hits really close to home. They'd been worshiping Baal for a long time. And that's what it looks like. When, when we try to break these strongholds in our life, oftentimes there's people around us who've been relying on us having that stronghold. They expect us to have that stronghold. And now God is going, I want it out of there. And you start to think of the repercussions. If I get rid of this out of my life, how am I going to cope? 
If I get rid of this relationship, maybe I'll be alone. If I, if, I, if I actually tear down, how about we just put up some caution tape around the altar? Let's just do that. How about we just don't use the altar? That, how about, why couldn't we do that? And God's like, we do this in our own lives. Okay, I'm not going to tear it down, but what I will do is I'll only go there once a month. <laughs> you know? And it's like we start bargaining with God. And the fact of the matter is there are some things in our lives that just need a sledgehammer and it's time to go after it. And so uh, that, that, that was his, his uh, instructions. I want you to take that bull, the one that's really prized by your family, um, and I want you to go tear down the, uh, the altar of Baal. And then he goes on to one other step which another difficulty he says then build a proper kind of altar to the lord now um in, in some ways mo most of the time our our translations of the bible are fine if you have like the new international version or new american standard version or revised standard version, blah, 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 you know usually there's not that big of a difference and e even when there is it's not that big of a deal but i appreciate the uh, New American Standards kind of um, translation of this. Instead of a proper kind, it says, um, then build in an orderly manner an altar to the Lord. Now look at the difference between the tearing down and the building up. Tearing down happens you know, you can, you can get stuff out of your life or you can, uh, you know, kind of abolish stuff pretty big. But then, haven't, for those of you who've been a Christian for a long time, doesn't it take a long time to kind of build up that, that life with God? And so I, I just want to just briefly encourage you, if, you, if, you've, if you've begun this journey um, with Jesus and it's hard and, and you want it just to be done, uh, What's really interesting is that God is not going after Gideon. He's just saying, look, in an orderly fashion, make this, this altar in, the, in an orderly manner, the proper kind of altar. And then it gets really, really hard. He says, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, light the Ferrari on fire. <laughs> he says, after the second, uh, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. In other words, that thing that's so cherished. You're going to now begin to know what sacrifice is like. For us to step into this new life for you, Gideon, where you're triumphant, where you're a mighty warrior, where you step into the identity that God has for you, there's going to be some tearing down, there's going to be some building up, and there's going to be some sacrifice. It's just the way a relationship with God works. And so um, I took this picture. This is my backyard uh, after many weeks. I mean, now it's starting. To, you can start to see it taking shape. You know, it's, it's exciting. Um, this is, uh, we trapped one of our kids in there. Uh, it was uh, awesome. So uh, we just built around her. You know, she wouldn't get up, but uh, she was here today from college. So I put that in there just to embarrass her. Um, kind of my job. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so, so that's the thing is that, is that this took weeks. They had to dig like these pits and put footings down and wait for those footings to cure. And then they had to, uh, you know, kind of measure things out and make sure everything's stable because the whole house was going to be built on this foundation that had to be right in an orderly manner. And so after a few more weeks, 
uh, this came up. And so now you, you're starting to see like what was, what was an awning now is a, uh, is a living room. And, um, and so that's, that's the process. And so um, watch what happens. So Gideon's told, um, you've got a total of the Ferrari, okay? And, and, and so here's what Gideon does. And this is why I think it's so much like you and I, uh, or at least you. Um, okay, so Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople. He did it at night rather than in the daytime. Now, we can all blame Gideon, and we can tell, you know, God, if God spoke to me, you know, flat out, I heard his voice, I wouldn't, you know, I, you know, put the sledgehammer back, okay? Haven't you had times where you knew God was saying, do this, and you're like so scared? It's a conversation, or it's a, uh, some, some type of risk, maybe, maybe for the first time, God just keeps hounding you. Uh, I've given you everything. I want you to give back to me. I want you to sacrifice some of your finances for me. And it's like writing the check. It's like, oh, you know. And there's just that fear. Let, let me just tell you this. What I love about this story and why we call it the story of God and Gideon is that God does not chastise Gideon for being afraid. What God is mostly concerned with, with Gideon and with you and I, is this. And did as the Lord told him. Yeah, he did it at night. It was scary. He probably procrastinated. He got 10 of, 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 of his posse with him, you know, like to make sure. I don't know, maybe he was framing one of them at the time, you know. Uh, you know, like, you know, it, it, it's this big deal, you know. But he obeys. He does it. Let, let me just tell you, as God begins to reveal in you the altars that need to be torn down and the altar that needs to be built up in an orderly fashion, it's gonna be scary sometimes. To be someone who's like a truth teller, like God has told you, I want you to now speak the truth where you'd normally fudge and now you're just gonna say, nope, I'm telling the truth. That is hard. It's very scary. To be someone who's honest in business whereas before, you know, it's kind of like the industry. Everybody does it. Now you're going to be honest in business. That is scary. To enter, uh, to have a relationship, a dating relationship where you're trying to uh, do stuff the way you think God would have you do it. That's, and, and now the relationship's going to change and you, you're, you're, you're going, man, I don't know how they're going to take this but I'm, this is where I draw my line now. It's scary. God's okay with that. He's fine with us being scared. But Gideon did as the Lord uh, told him. I just um, thought that was neat. And so he, he comes, uh, the townspeople, uh, uh, he was afraid of the townspeople, so he did it at night rather than in the daytime. He went ninja uh, on, the, on pulling that down. And here, here's what happens. In the morning, when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with the Asherah pole beside it, cut down, and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. That must have been a sight. Can you imagine? Sometimes for me, that's what a changed life looks like. There's just this mash of, of things destroyed and things being built up. And if you've ever seen anyone step for the first time into their relationship with God, and maybe you're right there right now, you're just like confused. You don't know. You're like, man, I, it just feels right, but I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 that's what it looks like. 
There's a period of, of disorder before order. I mean, the townspeople came out and, and, and what they had been doing for years at the center of their little community was there was the altar, there was the Asherah pole. You can just imagine if someone get like, like Bob was talking about, it's you know, daylight savings. And so they're up a little early maybe and they got a cup of coffee and they're walking out, you know, you know good morning, morning, you know, whatever, whatever coffee or whatever they drank back then. And then all of a sudden, like, what the, you know, you know, it's like, it's like, I can't, I can't believe it. And so the townspeople began to, it became a, a big deal, all this stuff. And so here's what happens. They asked each other, who did this? Who's, who's responsible for this? Now, you know, what'd be awesome if Gideon hears that and he grabs his sledgehammer, Right? And it's just like all the townspeople are in the, in the like center, you know. And he just walks up and he just like grabs it and he's like, you guys talking about something? You know, it's just like his shirt's open. He's just like all ripped. He's like, he's like still sweaty from when he, when he, when he you know, like messed up the altar. Like, what are you looking at? Yeah, I did it. I was the one who did it. You know, he takes the thing and he draws a line in the sand and he's like... He's like, if you guys want to mess with me, you cross that line and watch what happens. Well, that's not what Gideon did. As a matter of fact, not only was Gideon not in the center of town, Gideon was hiding at his dad's house. <laughs> he, 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 went, he went to his dad's house and, and was hiding. Isn't that what life change feels like a lot of times? You make a bold step of obedience and then you're just like, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like, I should have just left it the way it was. Like, did I really hear from God? Did he really ask me to take down the whole thing? Now they're asking, why doesn't God show up and go, oh, that was Gideon, my bad. I forgot to tell you guys. Um, I asked him to do it. You know, he's on, you know, we're on the same side, you know, whatever. You'd expect God, you did this great thing, right? For God. And it's just like crickets. When it comes time to, you know, fessing up, you'd think God would be like, you know, don't, you know, leave my spirit. Servant Gideon alone, you know, nothing. So they start going, and watch what happens. When they, uh, when they carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, son of Joash, did it. And so they had to go through, they were like dusting for prints, and like doing CSI, you know, they're doing all this kind of stuff, infrared lighting, you know, they, they go through this big thing because Gideon is not fessing up. Have you, ever, have you ever been in that where you knew you were the one who did it and you're just hoping they fail in their investigation, either at work or whatever, and you're just like, Man, I don't want to be found out. And they start getting closer and then they ask, start asking questions and you're like, oh man, it's coming down. You can imagine what Gideon felt like. And Gideon knows the townspeople. And we'll see in just a second what their idea is, what they want to do. Now that this altar's been torn down, because here's the thing that begins to happen as you begin to step into faith uh, and follow Jesus to a way where you're starting to, to tear down the altars in your life. It affects the people around you and not always in a good way. Because they're used to you being a certain way. And now the fact that you're tearing down the altar, you're saying in a sense, we shouldn't be worshiping that. We shouldn't be doing that. And it gets people messed up. If you've had an addiction, 
and you've uh, run with a group and you guys all shared that same uh, thing and all of a sudden for you, you find out and what might have been great and fine, all of a sudden you realize it's an, it's an altar and all of a sudden God starts telling you it's time to tear it down where it was fine before, you didn't even think about it before, but then God begins to do this thing in your heart and you're like, ah, I shouldn't. And so you're like, okay, I'll only like worship there once a month and it's just happy hour, okay? We just bail worship happy hour. That's all, you know, every Friday, just, you know, for old time's sake. And God keeps going, no, man, just grab the thing and tear it down. And so now you're with these people and they're like, hey, what's, what's your problem? Ah, I just, I don't know, I'm just tired, you know, whatever. And, and oh man, it's hard. Maybe, maybe you used to joke around with some people in a certain way. You used to tell jokes about women or this or that. And all of a sudden God began to say, man, you're, you need to be a respecter. You know, you, you need to see people like I see them. And you need to just stop that kind of, kind of language. And now it was fine before. And now all of a sudden you've torn down this altar. And they're walking around going, what? What's going on, dude? What's happening? This, this is what happens when God begins to get a hold of our life. It's, it's hard. We begin to tear down and build up, and it's a process. And so here's what they decide. Uh, the people of the town um, demanded... The people of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son, he must die because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole um, beside it. And so now they're in a real, you know, Gideon's been found out that he's at his dad's house and they've all shown up and there he is and he's hiding. And then the dad, like not even Gideon, this mighty warrior, he isn't even the one that comes out. His dad comes out. I can imagine him kind of like, you know, behind him, like holding on to his robe or something. I don't know. And they say, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna kill him for doing this. Man, can you imagine what's going through Gideon's mind as he goes back to the angel of the Lord telling him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And he's just thinking to himself, this is going horribly wrong. <laughs> like, how am I going to get over the Midian? I mean, we're not even past the, it was the first night. And things just look like they're crumbling all around him. And I wonder if he was wrestling like you or I do as we step into obedience and we think, man, is the Lord really gonna, does he really have my back? Because we're at the end of this right now. And so Joash, his dad, comes out. Uh, and it's funny, I, I was reading Joash like means like your father is a helper. It's like weird the way the Bible does that. It's like that's his name, like Wow, how did that happen? Um, and so Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? So he does this great, he, he, what he does is he pushes back on their theology. He challenges them on their theology. Hey, we, you were worshiping this Baal. He's this great thing. You came, you sacrificed, you got the Asherah pole and all this kind of stuff. We've been doing this. It, is it? Is he real? It's just a wonderful. I, I just thought he was really smart in that. And he goes on. He goes, whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself 
when someone breaks down his altar. And I just want to speak for just a second on that. When you step into obedience and you start breaking altars that God would have you break and it begins to affect the people around you, there is a temptation to feel like you've got to explain yourself. There's a, there's a sense of like, man, I wish I knew more scripture verses. Or wow, they brought up a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. You know, and, and, and so you're going to have this sense. And Joash does this beautiful thing of, of, of going, hey, if that's what you want to do, you, can, you defend your own God. For me, I'm tearing this altar down. You know, if, if, that, if that kind of lifestyle works for you, I'm not going to try to defend my thing. You just can go, go have a life. Fine. Serve your gods. But I'm, I'm doing it this way. And so Joash brings this up and says, if Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. And so it's really awesome. Uh, so because Gideon broke down Baal's altar, they gave him the name Jerob Baal that day, saying, let Baal contend with him. Essentially, what happened was, the townspeople resorted to name-calling, <laughs> which is really, really common as we begin to kind of get the altars of our lives sorted out. It'll be called holier-than-thou, Jesus freak, you know, goody-two-shoes, all this kind of stuff. Well, you think you're so great, nanny, nanny, Jerobal, poo-poo, you know, whatever the thing is, right? But that's it. Gideon did it, and it was scary, and it was hard. And now they're calling him names. And everywhere he goes, he's the one who t tore down the, the altar. And, you know, people give him stinky eye and all that kind of stuff. But that's it. That's all that happened. And so as you, as you and I kind of wrestle with some of these areas of our lives where God's just like, enough. Don't put caution tape around it. Grab the, the, the big hammer and rip it out of your life. He, he will protect you. He's got you. Yeah, it's going to be scary. You're going to want to hide. You're going to want to wish some days you'll wish you weren't taking this route. What did God say to Gideon? The very first time he said, he said, I will be with you. As we, um, we're going to take a little bit of time to reflect on um, this section of scripture. And there might have been something I said or something you read or maybe even something that... W in, as we were doing worship songs or whatever. Um, you know, for you, there's, a, there's an altar. And, and God's been telling you over and over again, I can't, you cannot move forward to, be called the, to, to, to step into this mighty warrior thing until you get this handled. And, and you've, been, you've been trying to mitigate it, and you've been trying to medicate it, and you've been trying to figure it out, and get, you got this out, and you're like, I think I need another, uh, you know, crescent wrench and a screwdriver. And God's just like, man, enough. Just take this thing and get it done. And so for you, this is, a, this is scary, because it's just another reminder of God going, dude, come on, let's go.